been faithful. All my life, he's been good. When I think about that, I say, you know, there's times in my life that I wasn't faithful. Thank you, gentlemen. But he was still faithful. All my life. <laughs> I've seen God do some amazing things in life. But I've seen him do things firsthand for me that can't nobody in this world ever convince me that my God's not alive, that he's not working, that he is not the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Can't nobody convince me and can't nobody stop me from telling of the goodness of the Lord. Can't nobody stop me from saying he's good. Even when my heart's been broken, he's good. Oh, somebody hear it. Even when my life feels like it's been shattered, God's still good. Woo. And right now, as the Spirit of the Lord is moving, I believe God wants to show you his goodness. And if you have a need and you need God to do something in your life where you are right now, just throw your hands up. And say, Lord, I receive it. I receive the goodness of God. Father, right now, whoo, as the waters are troubled, God, and we step in. Whoo, hallelujah. Come on, just, get, just reach up and take it. It's right there. Lord, your goodness. Oh, hallelujah, your goodness. <laughs> Lord, your goodness. Lord, your goodness, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Lord, your goodness, God, that we will testify of your goodness, that even when we're hurting, you're good. Even when life's not going our way, you're good. Even when we're in a storm, you're good. Even when we're walking through a dark valley, God, you're good. Oh, God, even when the fiery darts of the enemy are coming at us, you're good. God, even when everybody turns on us, you're good. God, even when everything that is, could go wrong is possibly going wrong, God, you are good. You are good. Hey. Because even in the midst of the fire, God, you're in the fire with me. God, even if I go into the lion's den, you're in the lion's den with me. God, even if I have to go through the storm and through the wilderness whoo, and through the dry places, God, you're good. God, if we don't do anything else in this service today, we're going to give you praise. Oh, God, because you're so good to us. We love you, Lord. One more time, if you're comfortable doing so, lift your hands all over this house. And just give him the best praise you can. Lord, I thank you. Thank you for being good. Thank you for loving me when I couldn't love myself. Thank you for sticking closer than a brother. God, we just honor your presence in this house today. God, we honor your presence in this house today. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, we love you, Jesus. 
how much we love you, Jesus. How much we love you, Jesus. How much we love you, Jesus. How much we love you, Jesus. There is none like you in all the earth. Y'all, I'm not trying to try your patience, but I just feel such a, a unction just to worship him. what this is is a worship service hey the presence of the almighty is in this place this morning how much we love you Jesus mm, we love you so much Father. I asked you to remain in an attitude in a spirit of worship today while you're standing, turn to Isaiah 44 in your Bibles. Hallelujah. I love seeing these children worshiping the Lord. I mean, you say, well, I don't understand all the flags and stuff like that. That's, I can teach you about that later on. I don't have time this morning, but it's okay that these children worship the Lord. Amen. What are we doing? We're teaching them how to worship. I'm going to tell you something. If we don't teach them how to worship, the world will teach them how to put a needle in their arm. The world will teach them how to do a crack bowl. Come on, the world will teach them how to roll a joint. Come on, the world will teach them about having sexual relations at a young age. Come on. So, yeah, we're going to teach them about worship. Amen. We're going to teach them about Jesus. We're going to teach them that even at that age, God's faithful. Amen. Amen. So if you don't understand it, get with me and I'll, I'll give you a lesson on worship. Isaiah 44, we're going to start in verse 1. When you have it, say amen. About four you have it. Y'all brothers keep looking. Isaiah 44, let's go into this. Yet now hear, O Jacob, my servant, and Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus saith the Lord that hath made thee the womb, which will help thee. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and thou, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. Verse 3, for I will pour water upon him that is thirsty, floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed and my blessing upon thine offspring. And they shall spring up as among the grass and willows by the water courses. Father, thank you for your word. Bless the reading of your word today. Anoint these lips of clay, God, that I can speak what thus saith the Lord to your people. Hide me behind the cross today, Lord, and let the people see you. We ask this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord today. Thank you. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm chosen. Let's do that again. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm chosen. If you don't want to look at your neighbor, you have to sit over here. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I'm chosen. I've preached out of this text many times before, but I felt the Lord lead me to this text again today to share some thoughts with you uh, about what God is going to do for his chosen people. The Bible teaches us plainly that we are a, a chosen generation. 
a royal priesthood. Amen. We have been chosen by God. God originally chose the children of Israel, but when Jesus died on the cross, it opened the door for you and me to become his chosen as well. And we stepped under that Abrahamic covenant that is still in place today where God told Abraham, I will bless those that bless you. I will curse those that curse you. And upon thy seed will be my blessing forevermore. That covenant is still in place. And when you and I accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior, we stepped right into that covenant. So what do you say when they come against you? Don't worry about it. God's got your back. Amen. Y'all going to have to wake up this morning. I feel a preaching here today. I'm chosen. When we hear the word chosen, the first thing that comes to my mind is favored. I've preached it many times, and I'm going to say it again. Favor ain't fair. Favor ain't fair. God may bless me and not bless you, and that's all right. I'm not going to apologize for it. God may bless you and not bless me in that area, but guess what? You shouldn't apologize for it either. Favor ain't fair. Woo. And when I think of people that are chosen, I automatically think of the children of Israel as God's chosen people. But like I said, I'm also reminded that when Jesus died on the cross and said, it is finished. What is finished? Everything. What is finished? Everything. Everything you will ever need. Everything in your life. Everything, no matter what it is, it's already done. We don't get a hold of that, and we, we don't get a hold of that like we should. But Jesus died on the cross. He opened the door for everyone that would believe to become his chosen. Chosen means selected or marked for favor or special privilege. Chosen means favored. You see what happens when you receive Jesus into your life. Uh, you become covered by his blood, and that is the mark on your life. Uh, that is the favor and the blessings of God. It invokes that. Uh, you must understand that the blood of Jesus Christ is like a scent uh, that attracts the Holy Ghost. Uh, so when we are blood-bought, uh, born-again believers, it attracts uh, the presence of the Holy Ghost uh, to track us down. That's why Psalmist said uh, in Psalms 23, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. In other words, because I'm blood bought, I can't get in a place where God's goodness and his mercy can't find me. It's tracking me down. It's running after me. It's his goodness and mercy that is chasing me. Amen. The highly favored are the ones that receive things that others do not. It's reserved for the chosen only. You say, preacher, that don't make sense. Uh, well, look at uh, Jacob. Jacob had a whole bunch of sons, but only one was chosen. Everybody didn't get a coat. And guess what? God was okay with that. Whew. He was chosen of the Father. Let me move on. So today, we're going to look at four promises that are reserved for the chosen. Four promises reserved for the chosen only. And, and, and you, you must look at somebody and understand, I'm chosen. I'm chosen. Many are called, but few are what? Many are called, but few are. I'm chosen. Whew. First thing he said in our text, he said, I will pour water on him that is thirsty. Now we know in scripture that water is symbolic of what? The Spirit of God. 
The Holy Spirit. Water is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. Jesus told the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4 that he would give her living water. And because the water that would be in her would be a well springing up and that she would never thirst again. Amen. Jesus said, if you ask me, I will give you living water. Amen. That water, he said, I'll pour water on him that is thirsty. And this promise, God said he would pour out his water. Or in other words, pour out on his spirit. But there's a requirement to get it is you got to be thirsty. Woo! There's a lot of people that aren't hungry and thirsty for a move of God. Are we thirsty enough for a move of God? C.C. Uh, Winans put a song out years ago. It said, we thirst for you. We search for you in a dry and barren land. We're longing for your hand. In other words, she's, uh, the song is saying, I'm so desperate for you. Uh, and I have a thirst in my life uh, that only you can quench, Lord. Uh, I have a thirst in my life that only the Holy Spirit can quench. There's not a drug. Uh, there's not an alcohol. There's not a relationship or another affair or a job or enough money to fill this room up uh, that can quench a thirst uh, in your soul that can only be quenched by an encounter with Jesus Christ I'm a firm believer that everybody that is an alcoholic or strung out on drugs or their life is a mess uh, they're looking in the wrong places uh, to fill a void that only the Holy Spirit can fill and they're trying to catch something that'll fill that void but until they come in right relationship uh, with Jesus Christ uh, no matter how much money they have no matter how much success they have no matter how many things they get uh, there will still be a void because man was created in the image and the likeness of God. And unless we're in relationship with him, we are not complete. I am preaching way better than y'all shouting this morning. Thirst is a sensation of dry associated with a desire for liquids. That's Webster's Dictionary. Let me give you Ovid's Dictionary. Thirst is when there's something missing and only the spirit can satisfy it. A sensation of dryness, something's missing. I need something. That it was a desire for liquids, a desire for water, a desire for the spirit. Thirsty is when I've got to have a moving of the Holy Spirit. And I'm not going to be ugly by saying this, but I cannot go to church where the Holy Spirit don't move. I can't go to church where the Holy Spirit is not allowed to move. I can't go to church whoo, where they want to keep the Holy Spirit in a cage. Lord, you can move right here. But God, we got to go. We got hot dogs ready. I've had that happen. I was at a youth service here in Marion County. The whole altar was filled up with young people slain in the Spirit. Holy Spirit doing a deep work. I was having to step over bodies to keep praying for kids. And the pastor of the church hit the pulpit and says, we're going to go ahead and dismiss. We got hot dogs in the gym. I watched it happen. My spirit grieved as young people laying on the floor being ministered to by the power of the Holy Spirit in a hot dog took precedence. Why? Because we've gotten used to having the Holy Spirit where? Why else do you think when Jesus whoo, went into the temple, the Bible said he flipped over the tables of the money changers and he kicked over the cages 
that hailed the doves. When Jesus was baptized, the Bible said the Holy Spirit came down on him in the form of a what? It represented the Holy Spirit. What Jesus did when he kicked over the cages inside the temple, he let the doves go because he said the Holy Spirit should never be in a cage in the house of God, but it should be free to move like he wants to. It should be free to go where he wants to. If we're going to see a move of God, we got to be thirsty. He said, I will pour it out on you if you're thirsty. Well, pray, sure. We don't see the move of God like we used to see. It's because people aren't thirsty. How do you know people aren't thirsty? Because God laid on my heart a year ago that the first Wednesday of every month was what? And what happens to our crowd? We're lucky to have eight people on prayer night. Why? Because folks aren't thirsty. I know that sounded ugly, but it's the truth. God, Pastor, we need to see a move of God in our church. We trying. Mm. He said, I will pour it on you, but you got to be thirsty. In other words, you got to be willing to do whatever it takes to see God move. Oh, oh, and, and, and I want to see a move of God. I want to see God do miraculous things here. But it's not going to happen if we're not thirsty. He said, I'll pour it out on you if you're thirsty. Have you ever been so thirsty that you were completely miserable and felt like if you didn't get something to drink, you were going to die? You ever been that thirsty? God is telling us he wants us to be so desperate and so thirsty for him that we feel as if we can't live without his spirit. And once we reach that point, he would pour out his spirit. He said if we would get desperate enough, we would see revival. You want to know why other countries are seeing such revival? It's because they're risking their life to even go to church. They're having to go underground. They're risking being beheaded. They're risking being, being jailed because they go to church. But they're finding a way to go to church and to worship God. And they are seeing the miraculous happen. The early church was hunted down and murdered and killed for gathering together. But they still walked the streets proclaiming the word of God. They were beaten and thrown into prison and charged never to preach again in the name of Jesus. But as soon as they got out of prison, they kept walking the streets uh, saying, let me tell you about a God that changed my life. I will sing of the goodness of God. I can't help uh, and I can't deny what I have seen and what I have heard. And I can't be quiet. I can't hold it in like a... Jeremiah said, I, I was said I would never speak in his name again, but the Spirit wouldn't let me because his word was like a fire shut up in my bones and I couldn't hold it back anymore. Let me tell you something. They saw great moves of God because they were thirsty. Oh, inside the body of Christ, we get so complacent. We say, oh, if we can just get this preacher to come preach for us or this group to come sing for us or we can go over here and go over there and, and it's great to do that. I'm not preaching against that by no means. It's great for all that. But honey, real revival starts with you and God. Real revival starts when you say, okay, I'm going to turn the TV off and I'm going to get in my Bible. Real revival starts when you say, I'm hungry, but I'm going to push that plate back because I need to get more of God's spirit. Bible said, when you pray, when you fast, it didn't say if. 
Hallelujah. Revival starts when you hear gossip about somebody and you don't go spread it, you just pray for them. Woo. Amen. Revival starts when you make the choice. I'm going to get up and be in church on Sunday morning. Well, that's my only day off, Pastor. And I wanted to sleep late. And we can watch it online. It's the same thing. No, it's not. Nothing can take the place of that personal touch of being together with God's people. Nothing can. Oh, it's just so hard to get the kids ready, Pastor. You can get them ready for 6 o'clock to catch the bus. <laughs> but we can't get them ready to be at the church at 1030. Hello? Well, I can't make it on Wednesday nights, Pastor. It's just so hard with the kids. You make it to the ball game on Tuesday night and Thursday night. The ball game is four hours away. Hello, we didn't get home from the ball game to midnight last night. Oh, but you can get home from church at 8.30. And we wonder why God's not moving. I'm not being ugly this morning. It's just the truth. Amen. It, it all ain't the pastor's job to have revival. It ain't the musician's job to have revival. It's not our praise team's job. It's not our children's pastor. It's not our teacher's job just to get revival. It's all of our jobs to seek revival. It's not our board of elders' job to press revival. Hello? It's not, in some of our churches, it's not the deacon's job to run off the pastor and get another pastor so we can have revival. Ooh, I'm going to stay up here. Does that really happen? Absolutely. I was fresh in the ministry. Fresh in the ministry, still in my early 20s. I, hadn't, I thought everybody loved Jesus that said they was a Christian. I thought church was just great. Until I seen the ugly side of church. I'll tell you something, there's an ugly side of church and there's an ugly side of ministry. Amen. Overseer called me and said, hey, we need you to go to this church and fill in. They don't have a pastor. Can you fill in for them Sunday? Oh, praise God. Whoop, going to preach. Going to see some people saved. Going to see some people delivered. Going to see people set free. I walk in, it's the little old church. It's parsonage right here, the church right here. I can still see it in my mind. Every time I pass it, I rebuke it. I walked up to this little church, and a dude met me at the door. And I'm there to fill in. Early 20s, he meets me at the door and goes, we like things done a certain way around here. And if you don't do it like we do it, like we like it, we'll starve you out like we did the last one. No joke. I said, dude, I'm just here to fill in. He said, and by the way, we like to be out of church at 12 o'clock straight. I preached a 1215 for meanness. Let me move on. Overseer called me back and said, you want to go back there and fill in? I said, absolutely not. So let me move on. God's telling us he wants us to be so desperate and so thirsty for him. Thank you, First Lady. Good gracious. Let me have a praise break for my wife. Uh, anyway. You feel that way about your wife, you don't have to worry about some other lady being in your inbox and calling me going, Pastor, I messed up. Amen. I catch, I catch heck all the time for flirting with my wife on Facebook from all my friends. I was like, hey, but if people know where you stand in your relationship, it gives no place to the devil. Amen. Amen. So you won't be calling me going, Pastor, so-and-so's been in my inbox. 
<laughs> Amen. Stay out of my inbox. Because I leave my phone laying around and my wife has her thumbprint in my phone. I seen a meme on Facebook the other day. It said, y'all love each other so much on Valentine's Day, won't y'all switch phones for the day? Woo! Preach, preacher. Oh, that don't happen inside the body. Yes, it does. Hey, some women come to church looking for a good man. Don't care if he's married. Amen. Oh, God sent him to me. God ain't sent you somebody else's husband. Oh, God just laid her in my lap, Pastor. Yeah, the devil did. Let me move on. So God's telling us he wants us to be so desperate, so hungry for him, that we feel we can't live without him. And once we reach that point, he would pour out his spirit. Joel prophesied in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Sons and daughters would prophesy. Old men shall dream dreams. Young men shall see visions. And also on the servants and handmaids. And if we're ever in the last days, honey, we are in the last days. And God is looking for a people to pour his spirit out. And I'm here to tell you, it may not be the big churches that God's pouring his spirit out on. It may not be your mega churches. It may be a church with 10 or 12 people. But they are hungry for a move of God. God. They're hungry for what God's going to do and we're going to see revival break out in the strangest places because it don't matter how many people you run. It don't matter how big your building is. What matters is it full of people that's hungry. Hungry for a move of God. I believe that God is raising up people that are thirsty for him. It doesn't matter what their social standing is. I hate politics. Politics is just as bad in the church as they are in the world. You don't know that? Uh, I can prove it to you. Politics are horrible. I don't care what social standing is. I don't care what a title is. I just want to see God. And I want to see people changed by the power of God. I want to see people delivered by the power of God. I want to see those that come in bound leave free. We're sending a lot of people to a counselor that need a good old-fashioned deliverance. We, we sending people to, to putting them on all kind of medication when all they need is deliverance. Amen. I'm, I'm not preaching against medication. I'm not preaching against counselors. My wife has a master's degree in counseling psychology. She keeps me straight. She is the reason that uh, I don't say a lot of stuff I want to say. Thank God for her. I just tell her if she's ever got me on my hands and knees eating out of the dog bowl, I'm coming after her. I told her, I said, don't you use that mind juju on me. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, there's nothing wrong with counselors. There's nothing wrong with, with uh, doctors and medication and all that. But there are some things that are spiritual. Hello? Some things are spiritual. Matthew 5, chapter, chapter 5, verse 6 says, Blessed are they who do hunger and what? Thirst after righteousness, for they what? Shall be filled. Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. As God's chosen people, he promised us that he had poured out if we're just thirsty. That's a pretty good deal. In other words, he said, it's there. All you got to do is want it. Let me tell you something. When you want it, you'll work for it. Amen. 
When you want it, you work for it. Oh, pastor, I want a house. Well, I'm going to work for it. Pastor, I want a new car. I'm going to work for it. Pastor, I want to get in better shape. I'm going to work for it. Pastor, I want to live longer and have better health. You're going to work for it. There is, but in the body of Christ, especially us Pentecostals, we are so lazy. Because we want to say, God, here I am, give it to me. And we do absolutely nothing about it. Oh, if I could just get so-and-so to lay hands on me. All right, let me just go ahead and bring it on down. I done got y'all staring at me. Might as well go ahead and go. Pastor, I'm suffering from diabetes. If I could just go to this church and this pastor lay hands on me, I know God will heal me. God will also heal you if you start eating right. God will also heal you if you lose 50 pounds. Oh, pastor, I got this cholesterol issue. If I could just go to this church and they lay hands on me, or if we could get this preacher in and him lay hands on me, it's going to turn around. It'll turn around when you start eating better and dieting. A lot of people lose 50 pounds and come off 90% of the medicine they own. Woo! But we get so lazy inside the Pentecostal church, and I'm guilty. We want God to do it. Somebody can lay hands on us or preach for us, and everything's going to turn around. It don't work like that. I've seen miraculous moves of God, and two weeks later, in a ghost town. When I was a kid, I saw a ball of fire the size of a basketball float down the center aisle of the church this high. And as it passed people's pews, they fell out as dead men. Then the ball of fire went and sat right there. It exploded. Little flames of fire went and sat up on the heads of people in the church, and they began to pray in the spirit. I seen it. But two weeks later, ghost town. Two weeks later, as dry as a powder house, we saw the visible manifestation of the presence of God with our own eyes visibly manifested. And two weeks later, dry as a powder keg. Why? Because we expect God to do it all. Revival should still be going on at that church. <laughs> Revival should still be going on at that church, and it's almost dried up and died. Why? Because we got to be thirsty, guys. I'm moving on before I get run off. He also said he would put floods on the dry ground. Floods on the dry ground. Dry ground is a place that is not constantly covered with water. It's usually dry and you have to add water to make anything grow. You ever seen the ground so dry that it cracked under your feet when you walked on it? You could put a whole bunch of seed in that ground and it's not going to grow unless you put some water on it. You ever seen your crops looking bad and then they perk up after you put water on them? Kind of like the flowers in our house. Them jokers got to be survivors. The only time they get water is when the kids leave a half a bottle of water they didn't drink. We, instead of pouring it in the sink, we pour it in the flowers. I bought Michelle a plant when we were dating, and when we moved, we left it in our other house while we were cleaning it out because we had to move so quick because of Debbie, and it stayed in our other house three months with no water, and it survived, and it's still alive. I was like, that, that plant there is going to survive the apocalypse. It won't die, but every time I see it, 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 it speaks to me. I don't know how stuff speaks to y'all, but it speaks to me every time I see it. Be like, There's something that wouldn't give up. There's something that wouldn't quit because it knew one day 
whoo, something better was coming. I don't know if stuff speaks to y'all like that, but that plant speaks to me every time I see it because it made it through. We left it in the house by itself for three months. No air, no heat, nothing, and it made it. But it started growing towards the window. Why? Because it had to grow towards the sun. It said, the closer I can get to the sun, I know it'll sustain me. You said any plant in the window or something or somewhere where the sun's at, it's going to start growing that way. Because even, even the vegetation knows it's got to get to the Lord. Even the vegetation knows it's got to grow towards the sun. That's good preaching right there, and it's not in my notes. So without the presence of water, nothing can grow. If you were to plant a seed in dry ground and never put water on it, that seed would not grow. Spiritually speaking, dry ground is places in the spirit that others have tried to plant seed, tried to grow in areas, but they didn't lack, they lacked the presence of water and they couldn't produce a harvest. In this second promise, God declares he would cause floods on the dry ground. A flood is a rising or overflowing of a body of water onto normally dry ground. Woo! What God's telling us here is because we're his chosen, that there's no place that we can go that God can't move. There's no place we can go that God can't move. Well, preacher, I don't know if I buy into this too much. Okay. Let's read about a man by the name of Jacob. Not Jacob. Isaac. Isaac. Famine hit the land where Isaac was. Everybody else ran down to Egypt. God told Isaac, said, you stay put. In a famine. That means a famine means there is no rain. Cattle are dying, crops are dying, there's no food, there's no water. It's a famine. Watch this. God told Isaac, he said, you stay put. While everybody else is running down to Egypt where the famine ain't so bad, he said, you stay put. And your Bible and my Bible says, and Isaac sowed. In other words, Isaac planted in the middle of a famine. There was no water. But in that same year, the Bible said he received a hundredfold return on what he planted. In the middle of a famine. So yes, he was able to do something that nobody else could do. Why? Because he was God's chosen. Everybody else said, oh, we ain't planting crops in this. There ain't nothing going to grow. But a man of God that's chosen said, we are going to sow. We are going to sow, and God gave him a hundredfold return that very year. What God's telling us is because we are his chosen, he will cause his water to overtake the dry places. In the desert areas, watch this, the animals are scared, are scarce and in hiding as long as it's the dry season. But when the rainy season comes and the water overtakes the dry ground, they come from everywhere to quench their thirst. You know who comes to water? Somebody that's thirsty. Hmm. Who comes to water? Somebody that's thirsty. Oh God, if we could ever just get the Spirit of God moving, we wouldn't have to worry about growing a church. If we could ever just get past ourselves and get to the point where, okay God, we just want to see you move because we want to see lives change. I don't care if the carpet's brown or if it's purple. 
We've had churches split up over the color of the carpet. Everybody know where Gloucester, Mississippi is up above Macomb? Church over there that a dude got his arm broke in a church business meeting. Because they got to fighting and he tried to leave and another brother slammed his arm in the door and broke his arm. Oh, but we want to see revival. We had a red car one time. This is years ago. This is, I'm, this is what I'm talking about while we don't see things. Remember the church that I told you we seen the ball of fire in? This is why revival didn't stay. It's a certain family that made up the majority of that church. We had a red car one time. And in a business meeting, a lady stood up and said, this is a, and said their family name, church. And if you don't like the way we do things, get in your little red wagon and leave. I was there. And we wonder why revival don't hit. But people don't like revival because you can't control it. Oh, that's wildfire. It'll burn out. No, the fire of God is an unquenchable fire. And it burns, and it burns brighter. And I don't want to control revival. Gosh, we want to control everything. We want to control everything. We got people that want to control everything. And inside the body of Christ, I'm a control freak. I, I, that's why I can never drink. I've never been drunk. In, I'm 47 years old, and I've never been drunk. I've never did drugs, never did anything. Why? Because I'm a person that I have to be in control. Okay? I don't take a lot of medicine because I don't like If it makes me feel loopy, I think I'm dying. I mean, I got sick one time, and they gave me Finnergan, and I didn't know I was allergic to it, and I saw pink elephants flying around the room. Freaked me out. So, no, there's no way I could do drugs. If I smoked a joint, I'd probably call 911 and go, I'm done. Sit help. Oh. But anyway, I like to be in control. But when it comes to the things of God, we can't do that. We have to turn control over to him. And it'd be all about him. Let me hurry this morning. I'm almost out of time. The water attracts those that are thirsty. So he said, I'm going to pour water out on you if you're thirsty. Then I'm going to put floods upon the dry grounds. And then he says, I'll pour out my spirit upon thy seed. How many of you want your children to be blessed? I want my children to do so much more than I do. I want my children to have things that I didn't have. Some people say sometimes that I spoil my girls, and that's all right. They're mine. People say, oh, that grandbaby's rotten. He's my rotten. And he's going to continue to be rotten. Why? Because I grew up with zero grandparents. <laughs> my mama's uh, mother died when I was uh, four. My daddy's mother died when I was two. I have no memory of them. I met my dad's dad three weeks before he died, and I was a grown man. I met my mother's dad once or twice. I grew up without any grandparents. And I would see my friends and their grandparents doing things for them, and I was so jealous. I'm just being honest. So I said, when I get grandkids, they're going to know what it's like to have a pawpaw. They're going to know what it's like to come to Pop Pop's house. So if, I'm the, if, you, if uh, people say he's rotten and you're spoiling him, that's okay. He's going to have what I didn't have. Amen? <laughs> we grew up at times, back in 1988, my dad was a carpenter. And in 1988, he picked up a half a barrel of water off the back of a truck and set it on the ground. 
When he did that, he slipped two discs in his back. I don't know if some of y'all remember that. He could not work for months. My dad was self-employed. And if it hadn't been for the church, we wouldn't have eat. Let me, just go, let me go there. We were so broke, we couldn't pay attention. Some of y'all get that later. Man, we eat tomato gravy and biscuits. I was sick of it. Man, we had to go hunt so we could have meat. Let me tell you something. We went through a very tough, tough time. I wore the same shirt to school so much that I got picked on because people thought it was a jacket. I'm telling you, we were, we were poor. Poverty don't know no color. Poverty don't know color. We were poor. Oh, well, y'all lived in a brick house. Yeah, because we went and tore down chimneys of houses that had burnt and begged the people, could we have the brick? We had a brick pile behind our house, and every day after school, we had hours of sitting in the backyard cleaning brick. <laughs> That's how we lived in a brick house. When they bought that house, it just had felt around the walls. We move on. And so I grew up going to the store, and somebody saying, no, don't you ask for nothing. You can't have nothing. We can't afford it. So when we go to the store now, my kids, Daddy, can I have a toy? Absolutely. Why? Because I want my kids to have things I didn't have. <laughs> and that's why I don't apologize for being successful now. Why? Because I worked my tail off to get to it. Amen? When I was a teenager, I said, Dad, I want a truck. He said, get a job. No joke. And I worked at Winn-Dixie. Y'all remember that? I worked at Winn-Dixie bagging groceries and pushing buggies. And I had to pay my whole truck note and all of my insurance. And sometimes when uh, I got through giving Dad my weekly part, he broke it down in weeks. I gave him my weekly part of my note and my insurance. I had $5 left out of my check. But gas was 99 cents a gallon back then. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I take a girl out and be like, you can have anything you want on the 99 cent value meal. Yep. Other than that, you on your own. <laughs> All them other guys were squealing their tires in their trucks. I was just creeping. <laughs> I'm buying these tires. <laughs> Amen. I'll have to tell y'all one day about my senior prom. Oh, Lord Jesus. I had to take her home because I ran out of money because all that girl wanted to do was eat. We went to a steakhouse for supper. Then we went to the prom. After we left the steakhouse, she's like, I'm hungry. We had to go to the McDonald's drive-thru. And I said, I got to take you home. She said, why? I said, because I ain't got no more money. <laughs> that really happened. <laughs> Let me move on. He said, I will pour out my spirit upon your seed. In other words, he said, he said I'm going to bless your kids. And God, I want, I want God to bless my children. And do you know that many times that blessing to flow on our kids will flow through us and how we live our lives, how we live our lives. How can God bless our kids the way we live our lives? Anything that you, he says, anything you put in your hand or anything that you set out to accomplish, he said, I'm going to saturate. He said, I'll bless your seed. That's not only your kids, but anything that comes out of you. Oh, anything that comes out of you. Oh, I had an idea to start a business. Guess what? God said, I'm going to bless it. Why? Because that's your seed, because you started it, because you, you did that. That's anything that comes out of you, God's going to bless it. Whew. Joseph was sold into slavery. 
We know he had his code. He was chosen of the father. He was sold into slavery, falsely accused by Potiphar's wife, in prison, and finally stood second in command to Pharaoh. But it's essential we not overlook some things here. Joseph was favored by his father. His brothers hated him. And instead of selling him into slavery, they could have killed him. They had every opportunity to kill him. They could have killed him before they threw him in the pit. They could have left him in the pit to die. But they pulled him out and sold him into slavery. Because when you are chosen of God, what should have happened don't happen. What could have happened don't happen. When you are chosen of God, you should have lost your mind, but you didn't. When you are chosen of God, you should have lost your house, but you didn't. When you're chosen of God, you should have lost your car, but you didn't. When you're chosen of God, you should have lost everything. But my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Because I am the chosen of God. That things that should have happened don't happen. Woo! Should have got laid off when everybody else did, but I didn't. Come on. Woo. Shoulda, coulda, woulda didn't happen because I'm chosen of God. Joseph could have been killed. His brothers wanted to kill him. Woo. But they didn't. Watch this. Next as a slave, Joseph was promoted far beyond any other slave set over all of Potiphar's house. But then here comes Potiphar's wife trying to sleep with Joseph. Joseph was an honorable man and told her no. And when she went to grab him, he tore away from her and tore his shirt off in her hands. When she realized what was done, she screamed like he had tried to rape her and she tore his clothes while she was fighting him. Which brings me to my next point. Don't believe everything you hear. There are some folks that will lie to you looking you in your face. I had a guy that I eat with this week. <laughs> I had a guy that I eat lunch with this week. And a lady come and sat down by him with us that was not his wife. And I said, who is this? He said, oh, you ain't met my cousin. She's in town working. And I asked her to come meet us for lunch. I was like, oh, how you doing? Found out yesterday that wasn't his cousin. I said, you nasty joker. I said, you had me all up in there. How you doing? She sat by me at lunch. How you doing? God bless you. Pray, you. pray you have a good day today. Hope to see you again soon and you being nasty. That wasn't his cousin. It was his girlfriend. And then I asked him, I said, is it really your cousin? Because that's a, like double nasty. That happens too. I had somebody call me that was first cousins and wanted me to marry them. I said, I'm not doing it. First cousins. That's like almost brother and sister. That's why folks' family tree don't fork. Let me move on. Grant's back there going. <laughs> so then... He was accused of trying to rape Potiphar's wife. Watch this. The penalty for that was death. But Potiphar threw him in jail, which lets me know Potiphar knew. If Potiphar would have thought Joseph was guilty, he'd had him killed. Potiphar knew. But he had to save face. 
So he had Joseph thrown in prison. Joseph got thrown in prison. The next thing you know, Joseph's keeper of the prison, and the prisoners are in better shape, and the prisons run better than it ever had been. Why? Because no matter what you do to somebody that's chosen, they're always going to rise to the top. No matter how bad you talk about them, no matter how bad you lie on them, no matter what you say about them, no matter how bad you try to hold them down, somebody that's chosen is always going to come to the top. Don't matter what you do to them. You can trash their name, you can trash their reputation, but people that really know, know. Hello? If somebody can tell you something about me and it changes your opinion about me, you don't know me. Because everybody should know that I'm. if you come to me and ask me about something, I will tell you. <laughs> Probably more than you need to know. Amen. My wife's like, amen. I won't tell you everything. There's some stuff going to the, that's between me and God in the grave. Amen. Some of y'all got the skeletons too. Let me move on. Wesley, would you come? Everything Joseph did was blessed because he was chosen. Fourth point. God said, I'll bless upon your offspring. Watch this. He said, I'll bless your seed and I'll bless your offspring. In those days, it was a sign of approval or authority for one to receive the blessing of the Father. Watch this. Whew. When Jacob deceived the father, took the blessing, there was not a blessing of that magnitude left for Esau. Thus the blessing on the life of Isaac was transferred to Jacob. But in this promise, God tells us our offspring would have his blessing. Our offspring would have his blessing. I've gotten blessings from people before. Oh, let me bless you. And I say that every time I leave. I want to bless you and speak blessings of favor. That's my job as the pastor of this house, as the shepherd of this house, is to speak blessings over the flock. It's my job. But to have the blessing of the Father himself. He said, I will bless your offspring. Our offspring would have his blessing. Offspring is anything that you reproduce. Whew. First area is your children, your grandchildren, and on down the lines. Do you know that some of you are blessed today because you had a great-grandmother that prayed, great-grandfather that prayed, had a praying mama, had a praying daddy, Woo. had praying saints that even you wasn't related to them, but they still prayed for you. Amen. They still blessed you. Oh, so-and-so's messing up right now, but he's got too much word in him to stay there. He's going to come back. Oh, so-and-so's run off and away from God right now, but they've been taught. What the scripture, train up a child in the way that they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. In other words, they may stray, but it'll always bring them back. Always bring them back. Why? Because they know. They know. They know. I can't tell you what my children will do when they get grown. I'm going to tell you what one will do. She stays at my house. That's fine, her husband's gone. Michael's gone for five weeks. Y'all keep him in your prayers. But come on, Daddy, can we spend the night? When Michael left, we went ahead and went and bought an air mattress. Knew it was coming. Buy an air mattress and buy extra diapers and groceries. <laughs> Here we go. And I love it. Why well, not because she's there, because the baby's there. Anyway. <laughs> Pop pops there. Anyway. 
He said, I'll bless you. And I can't tell what the rest of my children will do when they get grown. But I can tell you one thing. They're going to grow up knowing what the word of the Lord says. They're going to grow up in a Christian home. They're going to grow up where church isn't optional. Hello? They're going to grow up where they see godly parents inside the home. They don't see us shouting in church and living like the devil when we get home. They don't see us lovey-dovey in church but talking to their mama like a dog when we get home. Amen? I could tell you some stories that would horrify you that you don't know about me and the things that happened when I was a kid. My blessing on my offspring. Anything that comes out of you, he's going to bless it. When you have the promise that God says anything that comes out of you, I'm going to bless. You can step out with faith and with boldness. Before y'all honored me with becoming the pastor here and I was able to leave the bank and come here as mostly a full-time pastor. I would walk into the place where I worked at the bank and I didn't say this arrogantly. I said it because I knew who I was. I said, this place is blessed because I work here. Why? Because I bring the anointing with me. You walk in your place, it's blessed because I'm here. Dusty, y'all can walk in your business and say it's blessed because we're chosen of God. I drove by Dusty and Karen's business the other day. You couldn't have fit another car in the parking lot. And I was on duty. Amen. I was on duty. And my eyes welled up with tears. And I said, God, you're blessing them. God, you're blessing them. If you don't know these two on the rabbit place, some good groceries. Good groceries. Go by there and see them. Support them. That way they can pay some more tithes. I'm just kidding. Support them. <laughs> Support them. Why? Because it's blessed because they're chosen. <laughs> Woo! Steve and Melissa sit back here. They own a company. If you need any kind of construction work done with dozers and that kind of stuff and clean up stuff bless them God's blessing them because they're chosen of God amen people all in here that have different things that they do if you need welding done we got a man back there that can tie it up God's blessing Corey's business why because he's chosen you see where I'm going with this God's just blessing and blessing and blessing. If I left somebody out, I'm sorry. But God's just blessing and blessing and blessing. Why? Because we're chosen. And he said, I will bless it. Realize what it means to be chosen. Woo. Walk in your house and go, my house is blessed because I'm chosen. My finances are blessed because I'm chosen. My children are blessed because I'm chosen. Realizing what it means to be chosen. Amen. Would you stand with me? No matter how much money we get, no matter how much success we have, no matter how good things are, the greatest thing we'll ever have is our relationship with the Lord. Greatest thing we'll ever have is our relationship with the Lord. Guard it. Protect it. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. 
and all these things will be added unto you. Can I tell you something? It works. You don't believe it works? Ask some people. Ask some people it works. When you put God first, everything else falls into place. And it will continue to fall into place. My challenge to you today is to make sure you're putting God first. Make sure you're putting God first no matter what. Some people think it's a little funny, but I won't write a check for bills until I write my tithe check. It's the first check I write. Why? I said because I'm giving God His, and then He'll make do with what's left. This bill may have to wait a week, but God's getting His first. I can't afford not to. Hello? Put Him first. What about when you wake up in the morning, before you pick up your phone and look, Talk to him. Hello? Put him first. Put him first in everything and watch what he does. You're chosen. You are chosen. This church is chosen. Look around you. This church is chosen. The devil thought he could destroy it. But God said, "Uh uh-uh. Still got work to do. Guess what? This church is chosen. You are chosen. This church is blessed because you're here. I'm blessed because you're here. Realize that you're chosen. Put God first. Let me pray. Father, I have delivered my heart today as best as I know how. God, help each one of us to realize that we are chosen. Help each one of us to realize that your hand is upon us. That if we continue to put you first, there's nothing that we can't do. There's nothing that can stop us and nothing can hold us back as long as we continue to put you first. Father, we love you. We praise you. We give you honor. And I want to ask this morning, if there's anyone that has a need, if you need prayer this morning, we don't want you to leave. I never want someone to come to church and leave with a need that we hadn't ministered to. So if you have a need this morning, I want to give you the opportunity. These altars are open if you would like to come. Amen. Amen. Let me bless you this morning. Father. In the name of Jesus, I bless every person under the sound of my voice today. Lord, that you would let your face shine upon them, that you would give them peace. Bless their coming in and their going out, and everything they put their hands to, God, let it prosper. God, I decree and declare Psalms 91 over every individual in this house today and those watching live stream. I bless them, Father, in the name of Jesus. Be with us, Lord, as we go from this place. Bring us all back together at the appointed time. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.